1: Hey everyone, this is Roman Prokopchuk and this is the Digital Savage Experience podcast. Today I have with me Tiffany Toombs. Tiffany is an international speaker, master NLP, coach, trainer, and author. Her passion is helping people remove the emotional baggage and mental trash that stops them from truly finding their potential. Thank you for joining me today.
0: Thanks so much for having me.
1: My pleasure. So tell me a little bit about your journey. How did you get to where you are today?
0: So I actually started out my coaching journey in the fitness industry Um, back when I was 14. I wanted to help people feel comfortable in their own skin. That was the point in my life where I was struggling with eating disorders and so I didn't want other people to struggle with what I had, with what I was going through. Um, That shifted into mindset a little bit later in life. Um, I was living in Australia. I had been dating someone for three years and the day that I found out I was pregnant, I found out that he had a girlfriend in another state, ended up, my entire life collapsed around me, ended up losing the baby as well in the process of everything collapsing. And that really brought me to my knees in, in so much that I was standing on a corner in downtown Melbourne, you know, busy downtown, big city, typical and uh i saw a cab coming and i thought i can just make all of this pain go away if i just take a step and so mentally i committed to taking the step my body had a different idea my feet wouldn't move call it divine intervention or whatever you want but my feet were just rooted to the ground and it was in that moment that i realized that i needed to make some changes all of this emotional baggage that i'd been carrying around since childhood I had actually been abused by my stepmom, who was a domestic violence survivor. And so all of this stuff that I'd carried with me and that I thought was normal, quote unquote, and that I didn't realize the the amount of damage it had done to me, I realized I had to heal that. So that kind of took me on a self-healing, self-development journey. And through that process, I learned really how powerful the mind is. And how easily we can change our reality into whatever we want by looking inside and doing the work on ourselves. So that's a very short version of of what's left me to led me to where I'm at today.
1: Yeah, I mean, everybody kinda has that story, and oftentimes we have a, you know, a hard story, but if we take something from it, me and my wife actually experienced five miscarriages. Um, in the past of three years, two of which happened on back-to-back Christmases, but like you said, kind of the mind is, you don't know how truly powerful it is, and I think being happy or letting yourself kind of feel or get to a certain point or, you know, take a step that, you know, surpasses some kind of barrier of fear, it's all kind of within your mind and it's all a you versus you battle, so you have to give yourself the permission first and kind of uh, come terms with it. And you can, you know, excel and get to the point where you want to get.
0: Absolutely. And in the case of things like miscarriage, I mean, at that point in time, I was so not ready to have children. And I didn't realize the impact that it had on me until even a couple years later, where this like weird um, grief was coming up, and I just I didn't understand it. And so that's really helped me to see that the the journey of healing with your emotions and experiencing them to let them go is not a straight line and just to be okay with however that it shows up for you
1: yeah and i actually had a guest on recently we talked about kind of fear and uh finding a safe place for the fear and feeling it you know, not forcing it out just feeling it coming to terms with it and it's better in terms of getting your mind right and moving forward and approaching your life your business your relationships on a kind of higher plane rather than from a point of fear.
0: Absolutely. There's a really great exercise that Tim Ferriss has called fear setting where you actually sit down. Fear is kind of like that, like three-year-old toddler that keeps asking why. And if you just ignore it, it gets louder and louder. And so what would have been like a molehill or a, hey, something to pay attention to, make sure you have all your ducks aligned becomes this mountain that keeps us paralyzed from moving forward. And so when we actually sit down and look at our emotions and ask, you know, what what does this mean, then we can move through our emotions a lot faster and from a more empowered standpoint than if we just keep pushing them off, pushing them down, working more, exercising more, drinking more, you know, whatever the vices that we use to avoid feeling those emotions.
1: No, yeah, I agree. So, how did you get to the uh, or get into kind of speaking and coaching, and you know, end up writing the book?
0: So, through my personal development journey, I realized that if I truly wanted to help people, then I needed to make the shift from fitness into mindset. And I realized that I could multiply my impact by getting on stage and by writing the book. So, my book—I didn't actually ask you if I could swear—but um, my book is "Stop Being a Selfish" and then the B word. Um, And that was my own personal project where I actually, when I moved back to North America, I had lost everything in Australia, was coming back, the economy wasn't the best. I was moving to small town, conservative Canada, where there's this huge cowboy mentality of we don't talk about our feelings. And even my friends and family were telling me like, nobody is going to pay you to talk about their emotions. And yet in my gut I knew that it was what I had to do and if I did anything else it would it would kill me and so this stop being selfish movement really was about I know how fear and self-doubt feel like I've, I've lived most of my life there what if I just put it in a box and I can go back to that life anytime, but what if I just believed in myself for 365 days straight? How many lives would I change if I just fully stepped into what I believe my gift to be? And it, the amount of success that I had quickly, I mean, I hit six figures in my coaching business in 12 months. And so I had all of this rapid success, built my influence really, really quickly. And I realized that I needed to be able to share that process with other people. So that kind of led to me writing the book to share that with people, getting on stage to share that with people. And it's allowed me to meet some incredible people and just help others get out of their own way and share whatever their gift in this life is.
1: That's awesome. So what motivates you to succeed?
0: Um helping more people break the curse, so to speak. So my, from my own experience, the child abuse that I faced at the hands of a domestic violence survivor made me really angry and resentful and at times violent for a long time growing up. And so I've, I've seen the impact that abuse and bullying and trauma can have on people. And so I want to empower more people to be the person who stands up and say, and says, I recognize that somebody else was hurt and they bled all over me. And I refuse to be the person who bleeds all over somebody else and creates more wounds in this world. And so I want to show people how to heal themselves, how to let go of that stuff so that A, they don't perpetuate the cycle and B, so that they can actually reach their potential.
1: No, yeah, that's awesome. And I think, uh, you know, my my father was abusive to my mom, my family members um, when I was young. And I saw that when I was, uh, as long as I can remember, three, four, five, uh, when she was pregnant with my brother, he like threw her down the stairs. So he was supposed to be stillborn and stuff like that. So I I understand that perspective that you're coming from. And I think me personally, I'm also a foster parent currently.
0: Wow. Well, thank you for doing your role?
1: No, no, not a problem. I mean, there's a lot of kids that need help. But like mm-hmm. even then, like at five or six year old, uh, years old, I told myself that I would, when I grow up, I would be different. Obviously, you have the the two kind of directions. You can continue that cycle and, you know, play a victim or be a victim or, you know, in your mind subconsciously, just not come terms with it or deal with it or break that cycle and go a different path.
0: Absolutely. And I've had, I've worked with so many men who have come to me, who are afraid to get married. They're afraid to make that commitment to somebody they're afraid to become a father because they don't want to be like The father that they had. They don't want to be that husband or father. So they think that, well, if I just, it's not for me, right? And we create all these reasons why we shouldn't do it. I'm too busy in my career. I don't have time. It's too expensive. I can't find anybody. But really, those are all reasons to just keep people blocked out so that you don't have to deal with your stuff. And then thereby you don't become that person. And so it's really amazing to see these men go through this journey of recognizing that they have the choice to not be what they experienced.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's awesome. I mean, it's easier said than done because it's a Mm. subconscious thing and getting that layer out or coming terms with it and, and overcome, overcoming it. I mean, seeing that, you know, makes you angry or the fact that, you know, my, my father was also, you know, a narcissist and stuff like that and, and trying to break that and become someone else and step out of that shadow. Obviously it's a process. And, Oftentimes we need help, but, you know, getting out of it is a lot more productive and fulfilling in terms of your life than kind of staying on that path.
0: Yeah. And when, I mean, when we heal it from the unconscious level, then your behavior naturally changes. You don't have to fight against it. It's not like there's always this internal battle of, well, my dad would have done that, so I need to do something different. It just, you become different at a cellular level. And so that behavior never even enters your realm of possibility.
1: Yeah, I agree. So what's one thing you may have seen in the past in yourself as a weakness that you've turned around and utilized as a strength today?
0: Um, I used to see... I had really bad social anxiety and shyness for a while and I used to see that as a weakness as a way that I couldn't connect with people and now I see it as being a huge strength for me because I am more in tune with people and it makes me a better listener because I don't have to be That person. Um, And I've I've learned how to go into a situation like this one where I've never met somebody before and just let the conversation flow and trust that I'm going to have the right thing to say when you ask a question or when the time comes and there won't be these awkward silences. Um, So to let go of that kind of pre-planning, like, what am I going to say? What happens if there's an awkward silence? Just being okay with that and recognizing that I have all the answers that I need to, to deal with anything that, that emerges.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. I've had a habit in the past where like, I'll recreate a scenario before it happens and sometimes go the negative route. Like, well, this person's going to say this, or they're going to do X, Y, Z. And then this is how I'm going to react. And then nothing even happened. And that event hasn't happened yet. And I'm already angry about it. So kind of letting that go and approaching it that way. And I think everybody has a certain level of social anxiety. I think they've done studies saying that people would rather die than, you know, be speaking in front of people or be in a social setting in that sense. Mm -hmm. So I think everybody has a certain level of that, but obviously some people have it more than others, but kind of coming to terms with it and getting more comfortable with it and getting into kind of a rhythm, um, speaking to other people, different people, different perspectives, getting out of kind of your social group, looking at different, you know, viewpoints and how people approach different things, because conversation no no two people are gonna you know approach a conversation the same way
0: absolutely and when you kind of pre-plan out those this is what could happen you unconsciously show up in a way that causes that situation to play out and so it becomes like this self-fulfilling prophecy of well if i go into a networking event and i expect to be awkward and there to be awkward silences then i'm going to show up in that way and so when i say see i knew this would happen it validates my experience and so many people get caught in that and they don't realize that you could just have easily created a totally different experience that was more empowering.
1: Yeah, I agree. So what's one piece of advice you can leave with the audience?
0: I would say to recognize that the words that you use when you're thinking to yourself or when you're communicating to somebody else is what creates your reality. So just like we just talked about, you know, if I tell myself going to the gym today is going to be hard, it's going to be a struggle and all these other things, distractions are going to pop up to validate that it is hard. If I start telling myself that something is easy or that I can do something, then my unconscious mind will will react in a way to create that scenario so literally everything starts in thought and starts with the words that you use and when you start changing those words you get a completely different reality
1: yeah and i think it's kind of the power of words obviously Mm. uh, words hold value and i mean there's been the experiments like with the plants and things of that nature where you're saying negative things and the plant dies and wilts And it's the same thing, surrounding yourself with positivity or positive people, encouraging you, being real with you, pushing you rather than, you know, surrounding yourself with negativity. Even if you're positive, if you're constantly in an environment of negativity and everyone around you is, you know, kind of bringing you down in that sense, eventually it will break you down to a certain extent.
0: Definitely. And so, yeah, I mean... Whether you look at Dr. Amoto, who did the water studies, I've seen that same study replicated with rice, with apples. Um, IKEA did it with the plants. Like they're just so powerful, and they're such a great reminder of of our self talk.
1: Yeah, and I think the the kind of the other aspect of that also is you let those words gain power in a way. So if somebody's being negative to you or Verbally abusive to a certain extent you have to let that affect you So you if you get a mindset of it not getting to you or not having power over you It can you know position you in a a better uh, Standpoint in that sense as well.
0: Yeah, I work with my clients. So I'm reframing it to see that, you know You're gonna have haters whether you do something or not, right? Like people are just not going to be happy with you and it's not because of anything that you've done It is 100% a reflection of them. And so when you start to see that when people talk about you, they're showing you the level that they're at, then it becomes a lot easier to not take it on and make it your truth or your reality.
1: I agree. So I really appreciate you stopping by today. Can you let the audience know how they can find you?
0: Absolutely. And thank you for having me. So the best place to find me is my Facebook group. If you go to www.successsecretsgroup.com, I do a ton of free mindset training in there every single day. And if you just Google Tiffany Toombs or go to bluelotusmind.com, that'll connect you to every social media platform that I have.
1: Awesome. Thanks again for stopping by.
0: Thanks for having me.